The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in professional wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana Davey Wrestling, the 104-minute man, the main event. I'm really, really good at Twitter, the king of taunts, the product David Starr, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hey everybody! Hello, Hi guys! Hello, hello! Roughhouse podcast coming at you. Thanks for joining us for another rousing edition of Wrestle Talk with Marty and Kristoff. Uh, there's a lot of oh man, like you know, we were joking about it even last year before AEW and all this stuff happened. Like yeah. man, there's too much wrestling. Yes. Fucking hell, man! There's there, too much there, wrestling. There's literally too much wrestling because. We had two more shows premiere this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they're YouTube shows, but they're shows where things happen. They're, they're, they're shows of, of, of consequence. <laughs> uh, I, I watch. I, I just to quickly get into that. I, I watched. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I watched it super intensely because we were there for part of it. Yeah. Uh, but I watched uh, AEW Dark, and I uh, watched some of NWA Power. Power. It's got like three R's at the end, so I think yeah. it's supposed to be said power. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I I mean AEW Dark. I mean it's more AEW matches, and and like I said, you know before from being there live, uh, the the Darby Allen Shima match in particular, very good. Right. Um, the rest of it was fine. You know, nothing, no highs, no lows. The NWA show, uh, I think, uh, if if he's listening, uh, one Justin Schlegel would adore it. Right. Um, it, I've heard very old school presentation. Yes, yes. And and it's done very well. And there there are elements of it that I appreciate. Um, Nick Aldis is becoming a, a hell of a promo guy and, and what have you. But um, it is so much of a throwback that there's part of me in my head just kind of going, if I wanted to watch NWA from the 80s, why don't You'd I watch, just? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I just do that? <laughs> so, um, I mean, hey. Uh, tip of the hat to to Corgan and Lagana for for pulling off really you know a resurgence of that product. Uh, it it feels 
almost exactly like it, complete with there was a commercial for I forget who it is, but it was some eighties guys wrestling school in the okay. middle of the show and it felt like a bad eighties TV commercial. So yeah. uh and it wasn't like a gimmick, like it's a legit wrestling school. Um but it's just one of those things where I go, Okay, you know, you, you pulled it off. It's not for now me. What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but it was apparently for some people. I, I saw that it got like 200,000 plus views already. Uh, that's pretty so, good. So, uh, you know, tip of the hat to them, and, and that's all well and good. But uh, holy shit, Chris, uh, what a week for oh, WWE. Oh uh, calendar let's, week to calendar let's week. Let's do it, buddy. Let's oh, do it. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Damning with faint praise. I will start off by saying this. Up until the main event, <laughs> Hell in the Cell wasn't a bad show. It was okay. it started actually really good with the the, yes. the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch match, which I enjoyed a lot. It had a great intensity, had a great brutality, apparently causing Sasha to fuck up her tailbone. So uh <laughs> so definitely some uh working stiff there, not snug. Um I really enjoyed the Tornado Tag Match uh, because I really enjoy Tornado Tag Matches. I think yes. they're, they're super fun. And, of course, I know, Chris, you enjoyed their metal T-shirts for Harper and Rowan. Um, <laughs> like Snapcase. That's like fucking late 90s, you know, hardcore shit there. Like So Harper definitely got a million bonus points for that. Um, I watched those first two matches only uh, because really the rest of the card was mostly thrown together. Um, yeah. uh-huh. And I didn't really... I, I will say Ali Orton was actually really fun, including the best reversal of the RKO I've ever seen. Uh, Is this the one where you did like the handstand out of it yes, or something? Yes, I saw indeed. a gif of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had uh, new women's tag champions crowned in the Kabuki Warriors. Yep. In what they are calling a heel turn, but I don't know that they've ever been more likable than they are right now. Uh, yeah, in, in I mean, you can try by having them do underhand things, but it doesn't necessarily mean people are going to boo them. They're both very likable people. Yes. Um, and, 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 and then coming out on, on Raw Monday and just like full on screaming angrily in Japanese, I felt something all, move. That's all that's I can say. All I ever want from Asuka is to her just yell violently in Japanese. And yes. that's 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 really all it's not that hard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and Asuka doing the, the poison mist gimmick is a ten out of ten also. Who's not going to pop for a mist? I yeah. mean, always. That's, you know, uh, a, a chair shot. You know, they're overdone. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to get the reaction. Something as rare as the mist. And hopefully, she doesn't overuse it. You know, keep yeah. it for uh, a special occasion sort of thing. Uh, and hopefully, take it down to NXT and defend them down there. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, but yeah, I, I I do enjoy that. Um, to circle back to to Sasha and uh, and Bex, yes. there was a fair amount of innovative um, spots in that, which mm-hmm. is hard to do because as as they said, this is like the forty second ever Hell in a Cell match. By the way, uh, guys, not a not a number that makes it sound like a, a really great you know this is where all feuds go to die style uh, uh, match. It, it makes it sound like you've just overkilled it over the years. Well, and they and they have, and we'll get into that to that later on because you know there's this this match Becky and Sasha kind of warranted it. Yes, 
the Bray Wyatt Seth what Rollins match not so much but that's well. we'll unpack that in a couple minutes um but yeah by having that as a pay-per-view event every year they've definitely watered it down and e- even more so um props to Becky and Sasha and whomever agented that match because you know setting up the chair on the kendo sticks in the corner and then Becky just flying across the air nailing that drop kick was uh was outstanding um the the meteor into the ladder on the and the meteor into the table there was there was some some really good innovative stuff and it was probably better than the Sasha Charlotte Hell in the Cell match from uh, last year or the year before I don't recall I think it might have been two <laughs> years ago but whenever it was uh, yeah. I, I I agree um you know uh the, there was a really great intensity to it and um really the closest thing i can think of in terms of recent level of innovation is, is it reminded me a lot of the new day usos hell in the cell yes i i think is one of those terribly underrated matches it was um, great yeah um, that was that, that was fantastic um but yeah the rest of the card so so charlotte won her 10th um wwe women's championship mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well she did <laughs> she did for a six-day reign, yes. uh, but uh, and then uh, was there anything else uh, of uh, note? Tamina uh, became twenty-four-seven champion for a hot minute. Hey, Tamina's back. Cool. But then there, excuse me. Then there was <laughs> the Hell in the Cell uh, as the Fiend took on Seth Rollins for the Universal Title. And All right, let's unpack this pile of yeah. shit. So the problem started from the jump, which mm-hmm. was. Uh, they decided uh, in the bright red Hell in the Cell, which is still a decision that I don't really care for. Yes. Uh, they are going to bask the entire ring in red lighting. Yes. Now, I'm guessing someone watched the recent WWE Untold episode, by God, that's got to be Kane, uh, where they went back and talked about Kane's original run uh, mm-hmm. because he had that same gimmick for like the first, I don't know, three, four weeks of yeah. existing in the WWF. I think what they forgot to learn from that was they turned off the red lights and went back to the normal lights for a reason, which is you can't see shit. Yeah. It's hard on the eyes, especially, you know, it, and it was a double, double dose. Like the, the red cage, the red cell didn't bother me as much during the, the women's match because it wasn't as harsh lighting. You know, it, it actually kind of made it pop a little bit. Exactly. But when you double down on the red, it's, it, it hurts your eyes. Yes. Uh, and I was watching it on a cell phone in my fucking hotel room. So it was even harder for me to make out what kind of garbage they were actually doing in the ring. Right. And so they yeah. yeah so okay so there's that there's the fact that this match didn't need to be in a cell to begin with um, yeah be- just because you have you know hell in a cell slated for an october pay-per-view uh doesn't mean that a you need to have more than one cell match on the card like we said earlier the women's one satisfied that uh, uh prerequisite very nicely yes. and uh you know if if you're going to do a match where you don't want either competitor to take the L, don't do the fucking match. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Especially (laughs) if the match is in a, uh, a gimmick where there's supposed to be a definitive winner or loser. You're, you're writing yourself into a corner and whatever genius decision you come up with is going to fucking suck. Yes, and, and this is the second year in the row they've done this, because last year, if I recall correctly, that was 
Uh, was that Roman and Braun where uh, Lesnar came in? Yeah, Lesnar came in and F5'd everybody, and in turn, there was no official finish to the match. So, yep. cool. Now you've taken th- what was the stipulation of someone must win, and you've turned it into, and eh, no one really needs to win. Yeah. Okay, so you already fucked that up. But yes, to, to, to peel it back even more, if you are sitting there and you're putting together a lineup for a show, which they put together the rest of the lineup the day of the fucking show. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there and you're going, hmm, Seth really needs to be universal champion going into the brand split. The Fiend has a lot of heat behind him, and the last thing we want to do is cut out his legs. Here's an idea. Don't do the match. Thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's like booking one hundred and one, um, and you know this is the kind of part of the downfall of the network being the network is you're not uh, worried about pay per view buys as right. much, right. whereas you know you would need a big main event to sell a card. Right now, the majority of the people, the vast majority of the people who are watching your pay per views subscribe to the network yes. so they're just getting it as added uh bonus for for their subscription so you know it's not gonna spike numbers uh to have a great matchup to my knowledge of how the network subscriptions have gone over the past couple of years yeah um so you know just 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 don't you know there was no reason to have them just fight at this point yes. um you know the story you know of of the fiend attacking seth would be great if you were going to, you know, have a finish and, you know, put the strap on The Fiend, which, as we now know, The Fiend was drafted to SmackDown and Seth Rollins, I believe, is staying on Raw. Well, uh, or he we wasn't in the pool. He wasn't yeah, in yeah. the pool. He, he's, on the, he's in the Monday pool. And, uh, you know, if they fuck up like they did uh, on <laughs> Friday, we already have the order that everyone's going to be drafted in. Um, but nevertheless, uh, they're hinting that there's a, a blockbuster trade deal in the right. works between SmackDown and Raw, which means someone who got drafted is moving over. We'll right. talk about the draft in a bit because there's a multitude of problems with that. Um, just focusing again back on this match, you said that they had a shitty finish. Well, great news, Chris. They didn't just have a shitty finish. They had 11 of them because yeah. Seth absolutely murdered the effectiveness Mm-hmm. of the curb stomp as a finish. Yep. Yes, I understand he's a big murder clown and you want to put him over as unstoppable. Great. So what you do is you murder a finish along the way. And if 11 don't work in the future, three ain't going to work. Like you're right. going to have to, if they run this match back, which all indications from SmackDown on Friday are they're not done yet. Uh, mm-hmm. you're going to result in having to do it, what, 12 times, 15 times, 27 times? Like, what? what is it even going to be? And that's not even also looking at the ridiculousness of during the match, Bray pulled out his gigantic, goofy-ass mallet, yeah. and that's legal. Right. But Seth pulls out the old Triple H special, because remember, that's the most deadly weapon in professional wrestling. And we sure. just saw used in a finish on NXT TakeOver a few weeks back. Anyway, aside from a cattle prod. Don't uh, forget uh, the cattle prod. Yes, aside from a cattle prod. But uh, it, that is such a, a devastating weapon that not only does a ref have to break kayfabe and tell him, Colby, you're not like this. But did he say th- Colby? He did. He did. <laughs> That's terrible. He, 
he has so to stupid. throw out the the match in Hell in the Cell, you know, the demonic structure upon which people do things that will haunt them for the rest of their lives. Like, it's in the description of the fucking match. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of, something that uh, uh, John Moxley said this week, or maybe it was the week before, I don't remember when he yeah. said it, but there was a quote of him saying how the promos in WWE, you know, aside from being scripted and everything, they they weren't, they weren't literal, you know, yeah. the promo written for him is I'm going to eviscerate you and tear your heart out. And he's, well, no, it's a fucking PG wrestling match. There's none yes. of that's going to happen. Yes. We're going to do a lockup and I'm going to hit you with a uh, fucking double arm DDT. That that's about it. Um, and it's, it's that, that false sort of danger that they try and put over the, the melodrama of, Oh no, you know, it's a, it's a turning point. You can't, you can't do that. You'll become like him and shit like that. It's just, it's it's fucking overdone melodrama and it's unnecessary. The whole thing was unnecessary, but yeah. that you know, and spamming the finisher was unnecessary. Uh, Seth Rollins kicking out of the sister Abigail at this point also unnecessary. I yes. know he's kind of been using the mandible claw as his you know be all end all finish, um, but still, it, it was it was just so ridiculous and over the top. And you know, during the spamming of the curb stomps, I'm just like, all right, this is fucking boring. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, it did I, not get my attention. And that's the thing. You you won no one over. You have literally two of the best talents in WWE right now in a main event. And the fact that everyone left that, including the company itself, looking worse, tells me you had no fucking idea what to do in there. Yeah. And, and that's just that's that's just sad. You have a company that's making more money than they've ever made, has a t- roster more talented than there's ever been, with top-tier talent up and down the card. It's not yeah. like, you know, even, let's say, five years ago, where you had to find those golden nuggets of greatness in WWE main roster. They're everywhere. Right. The roster yeah. is incredible. And the show has never been more poorly booked with more contempt for the live audience than I've ever seen it right now. Like, I, I watched that match and actively wondered how many other better things I could be doing, A, with my life, and B, with the $10 a month I give them. Yeah, I mean, now the fact that uh, NXT is on USA, yeah. uh, y- you know, why am I wasting three and a half, four hours of uh, a Sunday night once a month? on something that I'm most likely going to be disappointed in. Um, and it's a shame because like you said, the, there there's a shitload of talent and talent that we all really enjoy and want to see put on these great matches. It's just, it's a, it's a, it, it's a mindset thing. It, it's what they, you know, obviously it's, it's sports entertainment, but the, the focus is on the entertainment away from the sports. Yes. And I don't know if it's, the op- other options that are out there that have spoiled us to a certain type of pro wrestling um, that that's, you know, for me personally, you know, getting into New Japan over this past mm-hmm. year, I've, I've really gotten to enjoy that style of wrestling. And, you know, the fact that AEW is doing the, you know, indie style but on a bigger stage for lack of a better explanation that's also really appealing to me right now but this this you know and not to say there's not melodrama in what you know cody and jericho and all that shit is doing on AEW. there is but it's (coughs) excuse me 
not done in such an eye roll sort of way um, that just is it, it's just seems lazy. Yes. Yes. It, it is incredibly lazy and, it, and it's filled with a bizarre contempt for the the talent and the audience watching it. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't understand it. I mean, and the thing that is even more frustrating is the number of people inside the company themselves who act like they're being thrown upon a cross for this. The the, yeah. the whole like Seth Rollins is not cool thing that Seth is now doing on, on Twitter. I don't know if uh, you've caught this. It's because yeah. some guy at the end of the show had a sign saying that Seth is right. cool. Pro tip Seth it's not that you're not cool. It's that the company who's paying you millions of dollars is making you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. I am probably one of the biggest Seth Rollins fans that you know. Yes. And they have destroyed every bit of goodwill for baby faith Seth that I, I could have had. I, I just yeah. – I love the guy. He's super talented. Um, but they've done him no favors. And I, I – like if he's on screen now, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, yeah. and I, I don't want to be that way about one of my favorite performers. You know, I want to see these guys do well and be well and be entertaining. And they're yeah. they're not getting the opportunity to do that. But it, it just continues on because if you go to Raw on Monday, the opening segment of Raw, you have Rusev. Rusev, who was one of the the talents on the rise just a few yeah. years ago. He can't we say it all the time, but let's say it again. He came out in a tank at a WrestleMania tank he is back he's looking great yeah he's he's a, a stellar talent in the ring he's figured out his mic skills he has all of the pieces to be maybe not a top guy but an upper card or, or sure or, you know an upper card guy or, or upper mid carder guy you know he a Seamus. exactly he can be someone of note he can be a, a you know a, a b-level pay-per-view main eventer yeah. So he's back. He's looking great. What do you do with him? You make him an also ran in a Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan multi-man tag. And also he's being cucked by his wife. Yep. Awesome. Because yep. there is nothing that makes me want to see a pro wrestling match more than you telling me that this guy is just getting dumped on by his wife repeatedly. By the way, apparently Lashley's dick is so good that he has fucked the Russian accent completely out of Lana because that oh, was yeah. gone as of this week. <clears throat> well, the funny thing about Lana's accent is that, you know, it came through osmosis. So when Rusev yeah. would nut in her, that's how the accent came through. Oh, okay. So, so not getting that, uh, so that, what you're telling that Bulgarian me is... load. Um, you know, has has you know diminished the accent from from. So Lana. at some point, Lana's gonna turn into the old lady from uh, Airplane and just tell the WWE universe, "Don't worry, I speak jive." Excuse me, stewardess, I uh, speak jive. Yeah, yeah, the mom from Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesus Christ. You know. It's it's the funny thing about how um, semen works in pro wrestling <laughs> yes. is that you know the the nationality of the uh, of the owner of said seed um, when it is sprayed into the throat of a uh, another person that it like through osmosis it kind of seeps in yes. and changes their vocal delivery and their accent things mm -hmm. like that. that. I'm pretty sure I read that in a medical journal at yes. some point, yes. so I think it's uh, I think it's true. Yes, Doctor so. Vince Russo. Uh, MD, he wrote that, that one there. Uh, don't and work remember, into remember, Vinny Rue, uh, also on the Realm Network. Check him out. Um, yeah. 
<clears throat> so Raw itself, minus that angle, is just kind of a, a holding pattern show because of the fact that they had the draft coming up on Friday. There were some fun matches in there. The OC against Lucha House Party was actually stupid amounts of fun. Um, well, you like know. you said, there's there's talented people, and yeah. when you have talented people in there getting an opportunity to show off, you know why they're talented and why we should like them, yeah. then you get something good. Um, but conspicuous by is its absence on Raw was mention of the Hell in the Cell main event because, yeah. you know, allegedly, even though Vince McMahon was laughing maniacally at the crowd's reaction to the show uh, after Hell in a Cell, um, you know, they just was like, well, maybe we shouldn't mention it at all. You know, there was just a very brief recap. Um, yeah. No Seth Rollins and no Fiends until the, the dark match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, the, the Fiend popped up. Basically, they did a dark, weird dark match main event of Cesaro and The Miz. Uh, and what happened was uh, during that match, lights went out. The Fiend showed up. Miz disappeared to who the fuck knows. Same place Roman went on Friday. And right. uh, the Fiend put the mandible claw on Cesaro because, you know, okay. C- Cesaro needed to, to eat that. Um, but uh, the, really, the only other thing that came out of Raw was more set up for blood money in the jungle. As uh, I, And by the way, I recognize Saudi Arabia isn't in a jungle. I just like saying blood money in the jungle. Yeah, um, in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as they tried to run back Austin Tyson with Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury. And yeah. it was okay, but it just reminded me so much. Uh, there's... There's a, a conversation uh, that was on a recent episode of Up, Up, Down, Down mm-hmm. between uh, Xavier Woods and our buddy Tyler Breeze, uh, Prince yeah. Pretty himself. They're uh, best friends. It's It's been uh, transcribed and posted a lot around the internet as of late. He was talking about the modern generation of professional wrestlers. And what he said, I, I think it was Xavier who said it in this, is we're cosplayers. Mm-hmm. That the current generation of stars is not the one that people are going to remember or people are going to want to to commemorate because theirs is a generation that does the photo shoots where they dress up like the Attitude Era stars or they recreate the barbershop window moment or, or right. all these different things that that in 20 years they they aren't going to be calling the new day to pop up. You know, for the Saudi Arabia show, and the New Day, I feel like is one of the uh, entities that could be but possibly. I, I, I do, I, I understand the the sentiment there. But there was no further or no stronger, rather, underlining of that sentiment than watching Raw this Monday because it was literally Austin Austin Tyson cosplay. Like they were running yeah. back the exact same fucking angle, except for and and look. Tyson Fury is known for two things. One, if you actually follow boxing, being a hell of a fighter. Two, saying some horrific things about minorities and transgender people and all these other things. So uh, I don't think he's got anywhere near the, the heat quotient of a Mike Tyson. And I mean, Mike Tyson, this is post uh, jail time for rape. Yes. Yes, that's true. (laughs) But the average person knew who he was. Right. Yeah, I had no idea who Tyson Fury was. I right. had to Google him. Right. So it, obviously everybody and their mother in the late 90s knew who Mike Tyson was. Exactly. Um, he was a man's ear for fuck's sake. Right. I was going to say it was also post uh, Evander Holyfield uh, ear uh, dinner incident. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the level of notoriety is certainly 
changed. The only person probably of that level right now would be a Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly shocked that they haven't – that hasn't happened yet. I have a feeling it will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once his whiskey stops selling and, you know, Dana White refuses to book him, and he keeps eating these assault charges for all these different things. Right. He's a, right. <clears throat> he's a trouble. Yeah, right now I think he's a bit of a flight risk. So yeah. I, I, I think right. – yeah. I think that's probably the biggest thing in the way of that. But, I, you know, it was it was a fine angle. The execution was all right. Some of the Fury's worked punches looked weird. Uh, at that point, if I'm Braun, I'm saying, fuck it, throw like a three-quarter legit one. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. They they did this already. You know, obviously yeah. they did Tyson Austin, but they also did Big Show and um, uh, Money Flo- Mayweather, yeah, Floyd Mayweather back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, that was pretty much a carbon copy as well. But I think it was probably done a little bit better than the Tyson Fury thing because yeah. Big Show and his infinite fucking wisdom was like – Break my nose, make yeah. this shit look real. Exactly. And fucking he did. Like yeah. his nose was like shattered, blood gushing everywhere. And it made it, you know, it it that's what brought the intensity and the realism to it. Not, you know, having this guy do some worked uh punches, you know, obviously having to pull apart and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a third tier uh sort of replay. Yeah, and, and, and the thing that also was smart about Mayweather and Big Show was they realized at a point Mayweather's the little guy and he's a cocky shit. Big yeah. Show is big and lovable. The original idea was Mayweather was supposed to be the face and Big Show was the heel. As Mania got closer, they flipped the switch because of how the crowd was reacting. Yeah. If the crowd starts booing Tyson Fury, he's still going to be the face. Yep. Like there, there's, there's not going to be that pivot because I'm sure he's probably going to go. Oh no, I don't want to be a heel, but it's, it's just, I, I don't care. I mean, granted, it's being built for a show I wasn't going to watch anyway, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. But in that same regard, you have, uh, because they, they officially announced on Friday afternoon that at Crown Jewel, the two main events are going to be Fury and Braun Strowman, and what we kind of were anticipating anyway. Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez. Fine. Good. Get him out of the way there. But there's a but here, which is, I don't know who Velasquez Lesnar is for. I'm, I'm quoting a a much more eloquently put Reddit thread here, but it it hit, hit the nail on the head. So I have no choice, but to, to sort of parrot the feeling here, which is you have a match that is happening in WWE Mm-hmm. That is built minus the Dominic angle, ostensibly around a UFC fight from almost 10 years ago. Right. So you have to be a WWE fan who also gives a shit about UFC. Spoiler alert, there aren't very many of you. Right. If you are a UFC fan, you do not want to watch this fight because A, both guys are out of their prime, and B, you know it's a work. Right. So who is this for? It is it is a it is a worked match between two legitimate competitors that will have a worked finish. You are effectively pissing off everyone involved. Right. And again, yeah. it's it's that weird like does anyone pay attention to their audience thing? Like who do, do, is there anyone who has this conversation and goes, oh, this is a good idea. This is a bad idea. I have no doubt that the exact and only reason why this ha- match is happening is because. Cain Velasquez got some buzz about being able to work yep. Lucha okay. And who was the other man in that six-man tag right alongside him? Cody, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. 
So yeah. I'm sure someone went, oh, we got to sign Kane. We got to sign Kane. What are we going to do with Kane? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's got a bum leg, but let's put him against Brock. Like, right. it, 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 it's the end result is not going to help anyone. Yeah, I, I, I second everything you just said. I mean, I don't know how much the Saudi Arabian uh, people follow MMA. Uh, I'm not sure how much they follow pro boxing. Well, none of, um, none of the women in UFC are, are covered head to toe, so they, they don't watch it. They, got, they, yeah, they exactly. do not appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure the level of notoriety of a Cain Velasquez in, 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 you know, the desert over there uh, yeah. in the oil fields. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I I don't know who it's for either. Uh, in terms of big star power, sure, it's got that, but yeah. that's about all it's got. Uh, you know, it, it, are they trying to spike uh, network subscriptions, as as Buddha suggested this morning? I I don't know. I don't know if this will. Um, you know, and, and I don't think it will specifically for the reason I just put out there. Right. If you are a UFC fan, you don't give a shit about WWE. Yeah, you, you probably it will lower your opinion of Tyson Fury if you're yeah. a boxing fan. Like, oh god, what's he fucking doing? Slumming it in WWE. Yeah. And yeah, that's a very valid point. Um yeah. I, I, so. I think it is very easy for a WWE fan to become a fan of UFC. I don't see the other way around happening. No. Because the minute that you go, Oh, well, it's worked, you you don't care. Like right. I, I, I feel like the 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 legitimacy is what draws certain fans to UFC unless you come from being a pro wrestling fan. Like I enjoy UFC, but I enjoy it because it it is, you know, the legitimate version of the worked thing I like. I don't think it, it will ever funnel the other way around, but I'll be damned if they aren't gonna keep trying. The only thing that could get me interested in Lesnar Velasquez in two thousand nineteen in WWE, if it was a, not a wrestling match. If it was like a shoot fight, yeah, which we know they're not going to do for a multitude of reasons. So you know, like you said, it, you don't know who it's for. I don't know who it's for. It's not for me. You know, if it was on WrestleMania, I'd I'd watch it because it's at WrestleMania and I have a wrestling podcast. So, but yeah, in terms of of blood money in the uh, oil fields part five or whatever the fuck it is. No, yeah. I, I'm, I don't give a fuck, and I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, and and then my my distaste, and again, guys, I don't mean to be so super fucking negative about WWE. I really don't. It's just on a week in week out basis, I'm being reminded of how poorly they do the one thing they should do well. Uh, watching the draft on Friday, <sighs> so I don't even know where to begin. I mean, you had. Uh, Roman versus Seth, a match we may never see again, you know, until next year when they get drafted to be on the same brand together. Or Survivor Series. Or Survivor Series, yes. The, the one night a year where yes. Raw and SmackDown competitors <laughs> yeah. go at that. Exactly. Um, oh, I, I just want to point out on a positive note, uh, th- if you aren't following the WWE on Fox account on yeah. Twitter. Knocking who, out of the whoever park. Whoever is running that account specifically, clearly a Fox hire, not a WWE hire. Yeah. And also from the school of the Wendy's and similar snarky social media accounts because uh, they're they're having a grand old time over there. The, they're actually right. making me enjoy uh, WWE more than the WWE themselves are. Um, but, okay, so you have that match. Here's a fun note. The live crowd was not explained anything about that match. Oh, fun. Yes. So they weren't explained that it was a match to determine the first pick. They were not explained actually what the finish of the match was. 
because you needed commentary to tell you because they told you after the commercial break that it was a disqualification against Roman Reigns when the Fiend popped out under the ring. And even that segment didn't make any sense. So, like, during the match, the Fiend pops up. He pulls Seth out uh, into the ring or, like, through the ring. Through the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... In that moment, Roman is who the hell knows. He needs his standard nap every 30 to 40 minutes, as we've seen during Royal Rumbles. Uh, Damn. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Savage. So that happens. And then the part that's even weirder is Seth gets to come out of the ring. And then the Fiend's just sort of peeking out of the ring, just staring at him. Yeah. Like, like, hey, guys. Like, like he's, uh, I, I don't, I don't even understand what the point of that was. Like, okay, so now Fiend g- uh, gets well. Uh, before I get into the where th- the Fiend ended up, the actual uh, uh, picks were ridiculous. You had we did a pretty good job actually we, of our drafts. Our drafts were actually pretty good, I think. Uh, yeah, they were pretty spot on. A lot of what we picked because we did a mock draft on Friday yeah. uh, on our Twitter account. You can go back and look at it. And I was raw, Marty was SmackDown, yeah. and the choices that we made, a lot of them actually happened. So yeah. good on us. Though to be fair, all we would have to do is draft in the exact fucking order that. <laughs> The list was put in because I guess some intern at WWE.com got the list of picks and right. the order they were going to happen. It didn't. Someone didn't go, oh, you need to alphabetize this shit or whatever. Well, my only kayfabe sort of explanation for that is they were kind of listed in um, like – seating sort of thing like yeah. how you would you know see the tournament or how i guess how i never followed any kind of fucking draft how people uh, expected draft yeah, picks yeah, to yeah, go yeah, yeah in that respect roman reigns being the number one pick and being the first name on the list makes a shit ton of sense well, uh becky you was know the first name on the list and well she be- was oh, the becky. First pick. Yeah. so and she was my first choice as well in, yeah. in, in the draft so yeah. so yeah th- those sorts of things and having you know the viking raiders and the street profits down a little lower with umberto carrillo and, and people like that and makes also, sense. like seven people were just left as free agents. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. They didn't. Uh, there's a bunch of, including fucking Cesaro, which boggles my fucking mind. Unless he's One going the, to NXT, I, I, I mean, fucking hope so. That's the that's the only silver lining I can see from this is if he goes down there and starts putting on fucking clinics with Matt Riddle, and I'll lose. I'll just my head will explode, and it'll be yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, the the I, I I don't I don't know. It was the the draft. Just it didn't seem like it. Uh, it didn't have the air of excitement to me that they did. I don't know if it was the fact that uh, USA slash NBC Universal and and Fox people were kind of involved with it. They had the fucking robot, the Fox football robot. I in found there out what that robot's in. name is, by the way. Yeah, apparently it's Cletus. Cletus. Yes, Cletus. Um, yeah, see, but spelled like a football cleat. Yes. Um, and not like Cletus, a slack-jawed yokel, which would have yes. made a lot more sense for me. Um, but but, but, yeah. but you, you, you had those segments, which were cheesy and over the top, and they would have been fine. But I, I think about I think about how uh, the draft used to be. And, and, you know, you'd have like 
Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman come out, you know, right. as, as Raw and SmackDown respectively, and and kind of the back and forth of that, and you'd show like the locker rooms, you'd show the yeah. reactions of the guys, yes. and you had the as as I put it, you know, the the no whammy music, the you know, I, I, it's doing the randomized selection of yeah. superstar images, and bam, this person's going to Raw, and then you'd see like their live reaction and and all of that, like that was so cool. Instead, yeah. you had Stephanie come out and just read the decision. Now, okay, Stephanie's playing the the commissioner role. Fine, yeah, whatever. But she just read it. You saw no reactions from any of the talent besides those who decided to tweet later. Um, you saw no reaction next to no reactions from even the announcers. Like, mm-hmm. it, you it, got a it, graphic. Yeah, it it just felt so sterile. And the thing that was also kind of ridiculous was. Really, all you ended up getting were the Raw and SmackDown rosters prior to the wildcard rule. Right. With with some minor changes like Orton and Owens going to Raw, it's pretty much the same thing it should have been six months ago. Yep, yep. Then uh, time will tell what happens with uh, Monday's part two of the draft. Uh Chances are it'll probably be pretty much the same as it was to prior to the wild card thing as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll, I, I'll be at a hotel on Monday night. I may be. I may watch if I feel yeah. like torturing myself. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'll just follow on Twitter and, and watch a movie or something. I don't fucking know. It's it's just it's not drawing me in. Yeah. For that. Yeah, and and then uh, I was gonna say this about the fiend. So the fiend got drafted to SmackDown. All right. As so Bray Wyatt. As Bray Wyatt. Uh, also the Fox. Uh, war room very excited about hiring a clown murderer so yeah. that's that's cool right. uh so now we're gonna split seth and bray even though they just continue to build to it unless it's gonna be at survivor series the one night of the year where the brands clash for brand supremacy um sure. it just it was so bad and and it just got worse because uh chad gable chad gable oh, chad gable is a that's not his name uh, well, I'm getting there. Uh, Chad Gable is a, a legitimate Olympian. Yes. He is one of the most talented workers on the WWE roster. Yes. Uh, he has shown the ability to, when you give him the opportunity, break through and put on absolute clinics and matches and get the crowd Win the in crowd and... over. Yeah. Yep. So, therefore, uh, he is now uh, short, and he is Shorty Gable. That's not just a nickname that Baron Corbin gave to him. It is sorry, King Corbin gave to him. It is now on his Titan Tron. It is now how he's announced. It is now on his lower third graphic. He is now Shorty Gable. Fuck you, Vince. Fuck you. This is Red Rooster Terry Taylor level of bullshit. Fuck you. This is this is some of the stupidest shit. And if I'm, you know, oh god, I I like I feel bad for the guy so much because, like you said, he has nothing but upside, charisma for days. He's got a great look. It's there's no downside about him. But no, we're just gonna, you know, he's a little shorter than everybody else, so we're just gonna. He's, but he's, he's like he's like what five ten? Yeah, five eleven. Yeah, he's he's a shit ton taller than Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Right. So what the fuck? It, it's it's infuriating. Like. It, it it boils my blood to see this happen to such a talented person. And yeah. I, I, there's no reason for it. No one is going to pay to watch a WrestleMania main event with Shorty Gable. Yeah. No one ever will. No one will pay money to see Shorty Gable. 
You are telling me, as a viewer, that I can completely tune out of this short, shrimpy little shit. Yeah. Yeah. Accentuate the positives. Hide the negatives. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. That's not how they do business. And it's just, you know, added to the long list of, of fuckery that they do over there that just makes me not give a fuck. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you know, good, 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 good for you, Vince. You know, whatever. Whatever yeah. this is, you, if this it, gives you a chuckle, out. if you're only doing it because it makes you laugh, then great. I hope you get a good chuckle out of it out of this guy's career's expense. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, I will say on the good side of SmackDown, uh, Bailey's a heel now. And, uh, Grumpy Bailey, Dark Bailey is is kind of fun, but she'd like she'd like to see the manager. Yes, um, and she would like you to clean up the uh, wacky, wavable, inflatable arms flailing tube man that she murdered. Yes, that said, uh, I, I I hate to look at that positive, but it only reminded me of the negative of the fact that you had literally female John Cena in front of you, uh huh, and you did nothing with her. Well, you know nothing. It, it, the flip side is we always, for years, asked them to turn John Cena heel, and they didn't, so they turned Bailey heel. Oh, great. Tremendous. Tremendous. We'll, we'll see how it works. Uh, you know, it, her pairing with Sasha, Sasha clearly back to being the boss and being a dick, um, you know, was definitely making her turn more to that side. But uh, her losing the title at Hell in a Cell, I guess, finally pushed her over the edge. Um, yeah. So in, in her which I guess we're getting automatic rematches again for whatever fucking reason. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, she murdered her uh, inflatable friends and, uh, and won her title back. How was the match itself? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It was all what, right. Did she, did she have a new finish or something? No, <laughs> no. Okay. Why, why would she need that? Was it a roll up or was it a, uh, uh, you know, I don't even remember uh, cool. two days later. So that, that should tell you Great. I, what I remember more, uh, is, uh, Bailey said bitches at the end of the show. So yeah. there you go. Awesome. Yep. yep. There you go. And now Charlotte is on route for championship number 11. Look, uh, I mean, Whatever. Charlotte is probably the best performer, uh, in my opinion, on on the uh, on, on the main roster there. So, you know what? I, I have no problem with her doing that. I wish it'd be more consistent. Uh, I don't need her champion all the time, but, yeah. you know, have her in a meaningful feud when she's not fighting for a title or having a championship or something. You know, I whatever. If she goes on to win 25 of them. I don't have a problem with it because they're, she backs they're it gonna up. They're going to try to get her to. They're going to try to get her past sixteen. I can. Oh, of course. It. Yeah. They, they well, want. Bye. her They want her to beat Rick's record. That's what yeah. it is. Fine. Um. So we've bitched and moaned for like forty minutes now. Uh. Let's get into some good stuff. The Wednesday Night Roars. <laughs> once again, two great shows. NXT and AEW Dynamite. Both great, great shows. Uh. Let's start with the NXT side. We kicked off hot. With a yeah. new NXT Cruisador champion as Leo Rush defeated Drew Gulak. Now, here's something I'm curious about. I was thinking about this when watching. Did AEW announce that Bucks and Private Party were going to kick off the show prior they to the show not. happening? No. Okay. Because no. I'm trying to think uh, of, you know, 
match by match main event versus opening show stuff like that how they're putting these shows together um i guess the idea is to put you know some hot action at the very top to you know sucker some people in right off the bat mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. because you know you had the 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 cruisador championship match which was really good um going against a excellent tag team match on aew um and the main events of each show were kushida and walter on the nxt side and a uh, a big tag match it was um uh, gold uh, dustin dustin rhodes and, and hangman, hangman page. page against jericho and sammy guevara yes um so you know big big matches with some big stuff in between so i, I was just curious as to how if, if either of them had announced match order prior or if they're kind of just going in with the mindset is we gotta fucking go full gear full gear sorry uh full speed ahead full tilt. Uh, yeah yes 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 uh as as the show debuts um now i but- will say uh, a little a little birdie has told me this apparently nxt backstage has <laughs> aew on and actively tries to counter program aew okay. does not have nxt on they're just doing their thing good yeah. Good for them. I, I I like that. You know, they they you have to have confidence in what you're doing, not worry about the other guy, you know, know that your competitors are gonna go out there and put on a great match, know that the stories you're telling are something that will uh get the fans invested and stuff like that. And, you know, as of two shows down, AEW Dynamite has both been really good shows. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get back to that. So uh yeah, uh Drew Gulak loses the now NXT cruiserweight championship to a uh, returning Leo Rush. Yes. Um really really fun match and uh gulak showing a, a sign of sportsmanship at the end by uh by shaking uh rush's hand so that's uh you know that that that's some good character development on gulak um yeah i i just thought it was a great match and i thought the uh, uh the frog splash to uh end a match was a nice little nod to eddie guerrero who was yeah. uh would have been 52 that day um right. We had Rhea Ripley absolutely murder Aaliyah. Aaliyah still under contract uh, for NXT. Um, Rhea Ripley is another nothing but upside competitors. Yeah, man, the the look is great. The attitude is great. The mannerisms are great. The power is great. You yeah. know, having her in there with somebody as small as Aaliyah, where she could do that whatever the fuck maneuver that she did submission into the tilt a whirl face buster whatever the f- it, it was great and i loved it and give me a full-on uh match with her and baszler i know we got a, a quick one on nxt that ended in a mm-hmm. dq but give me a full-on one and I- i'm believing that rhea ripley can beat Shayna baszler i'm right there with you what did you think of Brazango and the Forgotten Sons. They did a little angle before the match where uh, the Forgotten <laughs> Sons uh, eliminated the former 2.0 now called Everrise. Everrise. Uh, yeah, which is a terrible fucking team name. But uh, yep. uh, Brazango came out as construction workers. Yeah, I don't know if they're running through the whole YMCA gimmick of uh, of of things. I don't know if they're going to come out with a different uh, like like I, I I tweeted out like I hope they're doing just random job cosplays and I can't wait till they get to their uh, TL Hopper or Hopper or whatever it was mm-hmm. where they come out as plumbers one week. Yeah, you know what? Brizango is meant to be fun and yeah. they have a good time with it. 
So obviously I'm a big fan of both those guys. Uh, anytime I get to see Dango gyrate on TV, it's just – it's his face. It's his face while he's doing it so intensely. Yes. It just gets me to laugh every single time. You can tell he's loving it. Um, and it's yeah. – you know, you can't be all serious sorts of things um, all the time. Forgotten mm-hmm. Sons definitely carry the serious side of that feud. And, you know, I, I guess they're still trying to make the Forgotten Sons a thing for whatever fucking reason. So. Yeah, I, I, I would pull the fucking shoot on the Forgotten Sons because I they it's not even that people don't like them. It's just people are so incredibly indifferent. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think all three would be best served by having a new gimmick applied to them. But that's that's just where I sit. Um, Cameron Grimes, again, had uh, another squash match. Yeah. Um, good for him. Damian Priest had a pretty dope uh, video package talking about taking out Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had uh, what was, uh, I feel like a match that got really o- overlooked this week Roddy Strong against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah, man, that match was actually really fucking good. Yeah, it was. It really gave Swerve a chance to to shine and show what he's capable of. And Roddy, you know, is one of the most sound performers on the show. It may not be the most exciting, but damn, that guy can wrestle. Yeah. Um, and they were a really good match for each other. And uh, that was that was low key one of the uh, bangers of the week for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that match. What I didn't love quite so much was a promo after with the Velveteen Dream, as apparently the traditional wwe goofy face photoshop skills have now yeah. been transferred over to the velveteen dream as they tried to make a tiny dick joke with roddy strong as always a great way to make me want to see a wrestling match yeah i mean that that definitely fell flat i you've kind of come to expect more and better from dream so it was a little disappointing that he got saddled with that old trope of uh, a photoshop little dick jokes just didn't you know didn't didn't do it for me either yeah um what did do it for me is in that same segment more with Tommaso Ciampa uh, saying Goldie Daddy's home. That's some good stuff. Mm. I, I like no one that will a lot. survive, baby. Yeah, the more the more Champa, the better. And hey, we're getting Champa and Angel Garza next week, or Garza Junior. What are they? What are they Angel called? Garza. Angel Garza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. I was right the first time. So yeah, that match should be outstanding. Um, looking forward to that next week. They did a little yeah. backstage thing there. More Angel Garza, please. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will say I'm shocked that Champa's ready to go in ring. It's amazing. Fast. Unless it's going to turn into an angle, which it absolutely could on Wednesday. Right. Uh, I am. I am shocked. I. Ho- I really hope he's not rushing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the docs wouldn't clear him if they didn't think he was. He was ready. I That's guess. True. You know, they have enough star power that they don't need him, but yeah. definitely having him is a boost. Now, the head scratcher booking of the week was Bianca Belair defeating Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota Kai. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Dakota, Cobra Kai? Uh, yeah, Cobra Kai. <laughs> she, she beat the whole Cobra Kai dojo. Yes. I'm sorry, Johnny. So Dakota felt like she was on the verge of a push, you know, because yeah. they're doing this big thing with her coming back. And they really put over her emotional return a few weeks ago and, and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Uh, she just lost clean to Bianca Belair. I mean, yeah, I know you want Bianca in the women's title mix, but. She's already had a number of opportunities. Yeah, and I felt like there would be a better way to do this other than cutting out the legs of someone you're trying to build back up. 
Yeah, I, I, that didn't make sense to me either, unless they have some some greater plan of of uh, we were texting back and forth of, um, you know, uh, Tiganox also coming back from a big knee uh, sort of thing. So maybe they're going to tag them up, uh, have them be a team and hopefully go against the Kabuki Warriors and it will yeah. be an amazing match. Uh, but that's just fantasy booking. We, we have no idea why that happened. It, and it just didn't yeah. seem to make sense. You know, Bel Air at this point could afford an L um, and you really seemed like dakota guy wanted uh you wanted her to win here so yeah i'm not sure what the uh what the deal is there and that's not to say i don't like bianca belair because i do she has a lot of talent the, the post-match promo was great as well mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was a head scratcher there yeah uh, but what was fucking fantastic the battle of the all caps walter and kushida had just an absolute Balls out slugfest of a match. I I loved this so much. It, it's probably the best match Kushida's had in NXT. Uh, Hands down. It just so great, so good. Just the sh- chops and strikes and uh, all of it. I, I I loved it. I loved it. 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 It was smart that it made Kushida's offense look, you know, um, uh, serious enough to to knock Walter down and to keep him down and to put him on the ropes a couple times. I love the fact that the rest of Imperium did not get involved, um, yes. and they easily could have. This definitely seemed like a, a point where you could have had a non-finish, and I wouldn't have hated it as much because it's both two people that were undefeated, and you know, an L for either one of them would have been, eh, you know. Kind kind of taken a little bit off mm-hmm, him, mm-hmm. but not as much because, you know, Walter pins Kushida. And, you know, if you're going to have somebody give Kushida his first L, you want it to be somebody who's three times his fucking size. Exactly. So it, it's believable in that. And um, apparently Kushida hurt his hand. I don't know if it was on the punch or something else, um, yes. but uh, he's going to be out for a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Because, I mean, um, Cole's been working with a similar cast. Yeah. So it's possible he could still work, but, um, you know, because they've been doing this NXT injury report gimmick the yeah. past few weeks. I don't know how much of it is legit and how much of it is kayfabe. Um, so we'll we'll see how things go with Kushida, but that definitely established Kushida in the upper lexicon of NXT guys, which is what he really needed. Yeah. What, what's curious to me is we still don't have any idea what War Games match is going to be. I mean, you have yeah. a pay-per-view. They're still calling War Games coming up in a couple weeks here. Yeah. And, you know, there's really no sort – obviously, you're, you'd expect the Undisputed Era to be a part of it. But then you have all of your singles titles, aside from the Cruzador and women's, yeah. in that match and not being defended in other matches. But on the flip side, you also have, you know, all these other competitors getting TV time where you could have matches on a takeover that aren't all title matches, which would be kind of refreshing. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, I still kind of, you know, I, I, hopefully they'll start building to whomever the team to take on the Undisputed Era will be. If it's just going to be, you know, an amalgamation of the people who are challenging the Undisputed Era at yes. the time, if it'll be Dream and Riddle and... Street Profits or fucking somebody else in there. Who the hell knows? But I kind of yeah. want to start to get an idea of that. And maybe you don't have the Undisputed Era in the War Games. Maybe you have Imperium in there. Mm-hmm, you know, there's mm-hmm. there are there are options there. I would love a fucking um, 
uh, Latino stable as well. Like, give me fucking Angel Garza. Give me uh, Fant- uh, El Hijo del Fantasma, a.k.a. King Cuerno. Mm-hmm. Have him come up in there. Throw mm-hmm. Umberto Carrillo in there as well. Uh, I'm fucking all in on that, too. So who, who, who knows? It's a... Uh, you know, there's a lot of people down there and a yeah. lot of different ways this can go. And I'm kind of excited uh, not knowing everything that's going to happen. It's, it's building me up to want to watch the show even more, which is kind of what you're going for in this sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. And they still have about a month to build, so we'll see how it goes. But let's take a look on the other side of the Wednesday Night War as the second episode of AEW Dynamite hit TNT live from Boston, Massachusetts, and yep. it was a packed one as we started off hot with uh, the uh, one of the opening round matches of the AEW Tag Team Title Tournament as Private Party in a massive upset took yeah. down the Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean, this was a a match on paper as soon as they announced the bracket of the tournament that I was very excited for because their styles are very similar and uh, Mm -hmm. will definitely lead to an exciting match, and it did. Um, But yeah, the upset of... You know, I guess the infancy of the show right here with Mm -hmm. uh, with Private Party going over. And, you know, it's kind of weird and refreshing um, that, you know, the people who are booking the show aren't putting themselves over uh, all the time. You know, it's. Cody went to the draw with Darby Allen and um, uh, Omega lost to, to pack and he lost uh, to Jericho. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, now the Bucks are putting over the, this hot new uh, tag team who have nothing but charisma and talent. It's 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 really refreshing. And I, I don't want them to be doing this just to shut up the people who said that they wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want it to be for, for the actual mindset of building new stars yes. uh, which is something that we've said that wwe has had a problem with for for many a moon now um but it it, it is refreshing the match was was a shit ton of fun man uh high spots all kinds of crazy flippy do's and super mm-hmm, kicks mm-hmm. and all false finishes all kinds of uh stuff that makes tag team wrestling in 2019 fun was all in that match uh, yeah and, and and that's really what i think the the point of that match was to to set up and, and state this purpose that AEW is a home for exciting, intense, and most importantly, important tag team yeah. wrestling. Uh, these match, this match had both teams fight like it was the fight of their lives, and yeah. they just pulled out such crazy, innovative, high flying offense that if you are the type of person who is into the flippy doos, this was your match. I mean, the whole segment where Mark Quinn did dives off of each side of the ring. Yeah. I mean, th- that was incredible. Uh, and I'm really loving the gin and juice is their finish. That's uh, where uh, Isaiah Cassidy does the top rope Rana, which yep. flies the guy into the ace crusher from Mark Quinn. I mean, it's so cool. Uh, and, it is. And, that, and they, they nail it just spot on every time, too. Obviously, there'll be a time where they don't, but so far, yeah. they've nailed every one. Also, Mark Quinn has the prettiest shooting star I've ever seen. The, Boy. the air and the – and it feels weird to use this term on a pro wrestling podcast, but the grace that yeah. he hits that arc, I mean, it, it's it's wild. Uh, it, it's really, yeah. really cool. And uh, having a private party celebrate by jumping out into the – crowd which uh, if you were watching live on TNT as I was that was the picture in picture moment you yeah. got to see uh, yeah. th- you know him celebrating or see them celebrating with the crowd that was a really cool moment and really put it over as a special important moment in this tournament 
yeah, and even people watching that picture in picture will get the idea of how fun these guys are and how much, you know, it shows the fans reacting to them so that when, you know, the people in Tennessee or wherever the fuck they go next, you know, will see that they'll want to react that same way as well. Um, so the Bucks are out of the tag team tournament in the yeah. first round. Shocker as Private Party uh, advances. Next week, we're getting uh, one of the matches that I'm so fucking stoked for, which is Lucha Bros versus jurassic express yes uh, and are they doing two matches next week yes they're they're doing well? two matches as also socal uncensored that's right daniels and kazarian will be going against the best friends of chucky e. t and trent beretta which should also be great but yes. i mean obviously all eyes are to to luchasaurus uh and jungle boy against uh the lucha bros that is yeah. That is that's a me match if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna get a, another upset as I think Lucha. Uh, not, yeah, I think the Lucha Bros are gonna go under as I think Jurassic Express might make it all the way to the finals. I I, I mean that is a smart booking in my eyes. Uh, Luchasaurus, as we talked about last week, is one of the most bankable people that they have that aren't a household name as of yet. Yes. Um, and obviously you throw Luke Perry's son in there as well, and that's you know talking points for days. Uh, you know, would I be disappointed to see Penton Phoenix uh, go out this early? Probably, but that just leaves them open to, to something else. You know, maybe they, they branch off and have some solo things going on. Who the hell knows? But um, yeah, that, that, that match is going to be very exciting yeah so that uh, that was just the first match of the show we yeah. continued on with chris jericho doing his best hollywood hogan as he uh, came out and introduced his stable which is yeah. officially named the inner circle i, I like the hey. name i'm into yeah. it uh, apparently a lot of people like it as uh the t-shirt went on sale immediately after the promo and crashed mm-hmm. pro wrestling tees.com um yeah it's a good but, sign but uh, Jericho cut a promo of a lifetime. He put over everyone. He put over yep. Guevara as a hot new talent you need to see. A Spanish Sant- god. Yes. Santana Ortiz <laughs> is tag team specialists. He yep. killed the We the People chant because it was starting yep. to build up. And uh, it, it seemed like that, if anything, was the clearest audible from Jericho. I mean, I yeah. saw some people sort of, you know, gra- uh, clutching their pearls and saying, oh, you know, there are better ways to build yourself up than by tearing others down. I feel like. Fair point, but Jericho killed that chant immediately. And it needed to be done because that's what people in D.C. chanted. That's what people in Boston were chanting. And that's not who Jake Hager is, even though Jericho called him Hagar, like Sammy Hagar. They'll work on that. But uh, but yeah, that's not who this person is. You know, there's there's no Zeb Coulter. There's no racial undertones to it. He's just a big MMA shit kicker. And We the People doesn't fit into that character so you know that was a a genius move really on jericho's part you know how he did it saying you know bad creative and is dead and buried and using insider terms stuff like that but jericho's smart enough to know that the aew fan base is going to eat that shit up and guilty as charged yeah uh (laughs) and then jericho put over his match for full gear on november 9th cut to the cut to the core real quick said dusty was a jerk Dustin's a moron, and he's going to beat Cody in Baltimore. Uh, Bless you. Just a, a great promo that did what it needed to do. It, yep. it established the group. It established all its members, and it reminded you about the big match coming down the line. Uh, we great had, promo. We had Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc. They had a match with the winner getting a world title shot. 
in Philadelphia this week, this coming week. Um, it was an all right match. Uh, the things that I thought were kind of weird were one, given the last time we saw these two go against each other was the Cracker Barrel Clash at All Out. Right. Uh, it was fairly tame, minus the pseudo Falcon Arrow to the floor from Jimmy Havoc to Darby yeah. Allen. Uh, they really didn't pull out anything too crazy. And also, uh, Havoc took most of the match. It was really only a, a end of the match flurry that gave Darby Allen the win. Yeah, but uh, building Darby Allen up as as the little baby face that could, I think, is is really smart because you know he's another another one of those really special um, sort of talents that has a lot of upside that I feel like they're leaning into, and you know having him take all that mm-hmm. damage, then come back and power through to hit, hit his coffin drop, uh, which is still a crazy thing to see and actually mm-hmm. to see him hit, which is fun as well, yeah. uh, as opposed to missing it on the fucking apron, which is yeah. the hardest part of the ring. Yes, um, I've heard this quite a few times. Yeah, so yeah, the, the match was fine, but I, I liked that they didn't, you know, need or want to go to the gimmicks and uh, and, and hardcore side of things mm-hmm. to show that these two, you know, are competent wrestlers and can put on a wrestling match and are more than just, you know, hardcore uh, maneuvers and, and matches that got them to where they are now. Yeah. I like that. Uh, we had a women's tag match as Riho and Dr. Britt Baker uh, defeated the team of B. Priestley and Emmy Sakura. Emmy Sakura doing her Freddie Mercury cosplay once again. Uh, Did you know that uh, Britt Baker was a dentist? Uh, I, I, I've heard quite a few times that she is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I read that somewhere that she was a, uh, she was an actual dentist. It's it's weird. Their women's roster, maybe it's the loss of Kylie Ray that is causing this. The women's roster really doesn't seem to be firing on all cylinders. The Joshi, when they appear, feel great. Uh, And by extension of that, Nyla Rose, who mostly worked in Japan prior to AEW, she feels great. Uh, Your Britt Bakers, your B Priestleys and so on, uh, they just feel kind of bland. And that's where I'm kind of at with Britt Baker at this point. I know that they clearly want to make her one of the stars of the division. And we're going to be getting uh, a women's title match between Britt Baker and Riho next week in Philly. Um, But I'm just kind of I'm kind of not super into it. I, I, I don't know what the missing X factor is here. Uh, I feel like they need to establish a little more motivations and characters aside from, hey, she's a dentist or, hey, she's a goth chick who works in Japan uh, yeah. in regards to B Priestley, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, give I guess uh, give them a little time to flush out characters because yeah. the matches themselves aren't always as smooth and fluid as as we would like you know yeah. b b Priestley uh gave uh brit baker a nice shiner yep uh you know that, that's the, two for the last two time. in terms yeah. of b uh injuring brit baker yeah 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 not well not the, the last time was all out where they just fought oh, outside yeah, the ring true. but there was fighter well not fighter fest um uh, fight, fight for, for the, the fallen. fallen yeah that uh that she concussed brit baker uh b Priestley did so yeah, yeah they're but they're leaning into that and making a storyline out of it so yeah uh you know, which, which uh, tells me that uh, Britt is not winning the belt on uh, on this right. coming Wednesday. Uh, I feel like we're going to get B and Britt in some type of uh, like no DQ match or something like that at full gear. Um, one thing I did want to point out, uh, just because it relates to the show as a whole, but there was a moment specifically in this match that really underlined it. I loved the commentary this week. Uh, JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur are really establishing a fun rhythm. Yeah. Um, and there was a really kind of adorable bit uh, where uh, Excalibur called the Vader bomb. 
uh, and because uh, I think it was Emmy Sakura did a Vader bomb, and uh-huh. Shivani, one hundred percent legit, just goes, Are, "Vader bomb? That's what they're calling this now." Like, yeah. it was really cute. Like, you know, he's he's clearly been away from the game, and he and he thinks it's it's cute that like there's this reference to Vader now in terms, yeah. of, you know, a, a move, and then Jr. throughout the well, they're not going to call it a Leon White bomb. <laughs> So uh, I, I, I liked that a lot, but th- there's there's a there's a fun energy with these three guys that I I, I think is just going to get better and better and better as the weeks go on. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, I agree with you on that. We had John Moxley go against Sean Spears. Sean Spears still getting the weird superstar intro, even though it's very clear, especially by this match, that he will forever be a good hand and a jobber to the stars. And this was more about showing Moxley's intensity and uh, really how he's kind of ramped up his strikes and everything since the G1. Uh, he threw a really nice headbutt in the mix there. Uh, yeah. Well, being in a match with Ishii will uh, learn you how to throw a headbutt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, what was interesting was they had, uh, they had pack on commentary uh, Pack going with his full-on Newcastle accent. He wasn't doing a, a, a particular voice or anything. He seems to be building to this angle that he's had better wins than other guys, and he doesn't understand why he's not getting a title shot, yeah. which is, I think is an interesting story for him. Well, it's actually a legitimate complaint I've seen online yeah. about you know how the show is being booked. You know, you have Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc both getting a sh- number one contenders match. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Pac has beaten Omega and beaten Page. Yeah. Um, so why the hell is not is he not in the uh, in the contention for a title shot? So yeah, yes. it, it you know I, I don't know if that's part of the we're listening sort of feedback Friday thing mm-hmm. that uh, that they're leaning into, but I like it because you know. It, it's it's logical yes. you know there are, there are logical motivations here it's not just i want to beat this guy up he's like the fuck man who else do i have to beat around here to get a title opportunity yeah i've been pinned once in two years sort of thing yeah. and i i like the fact that you know not by name but they referenced you know his uh past two years in other companies where he mm-hmm. hasn't been pinned but once so um i i did enjoy that yeah i'm still not i'm still not in on sean spears he's still not doing it for me you know the you know he'll just distracts heel manager distracts the referee or heel distracts the referee so the manager can beat the you know beat the, the baby face, face up yeah. it's just you know come on yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 tired um i don't see the i know he he and cody are friends but i don't see you know i don't see an upside for, for sean spears I'm yeah I, I i don't really see it too much either but this match was more about reestablishing Moxley. Moxley looked intense. Moxley looked good. Moxley looked ready to roll. And we had a fun post-match angle where yeah. Kenny came out to the ramp carrying a barbed wire wrapped broom. Yep. Because he's the cleaner. The cleaner. Yeah. And a barbed wire wrapped bat. And he went to toss the bat over to Moxley because he wants a piece yep. of Moxley. And Pac just pops up behind Omega and pops Omega in the back of the head with a chair. The top of a chair. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what I liked about this was in just this little angle, you establish, okay, Omega wants Mox. More importantly, Omega has like a weird sensibility of like wanting to, to fight him the right way. Yeah. You had Pac getting or pack getting back involved with Omega. And you also showed that Moxley had the respect for Omega to not beat him while he was down. Yeah. So it was just this brief little segment that built these individual stories even further. 
Yeah. So, so I like that a lot. We saw a lot more of that at the end of the show, which we're about to talk about, because to me, it's really the parallel that compares the difference between how he's talked about the start of the show with what's going on in WWE and yeah. how the AEW show ended. So the, the end of the show was from the inner circle, Jericho and Guevara against Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes. Right. Tag match, fun tag match. Uh, Page and Dustin worked really well together. Uh, someone yeah. actually pointed out how much uh, Hangman Page reminded them of um, uh, Barry Windham. Uh, I, okay. I can't recall if that was Tony Schiavone or JR, but one of them yeah. pointed out, and I, I could really see that. Dustin, for a guy who is 50 years old, his stuff looked so good, and yeah. he just moved so great. They had a really fun match. Uh, Page, uh, you know... Still has the issue with Jericho, clearly. Guevara looked like a million bucks. Jericho, I will say he was trying to go full-on T-shirt Naito there uh, at the top of the match. He took <laughs> off his jacket. He was wearing the shirt. I'm like, ah, we're getting house Joe Jericho tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, the only downside to all this, and I, I was going to say something about it when we were talking about the, the Inner Circle promo, is Jake Hager just doesn't really fit in he looks awkward and lost out there uh you know i, I think the way they used him as the shit kicker yeah. you know the, the guy he he took out page so page couldn't you know get a tag or break up the finish where jericho hit uh dustin with the judas effect um so you know having hagar in hager in that role you know is 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 fine he did look a little lost out there in in the promo but I don't I don't want him to do anything but stand there and uh, attack when necessary. You know, for me and what I feel like and this is coming from the guy who watched season four of Lucha Underground where Jake Hager, Jake Strong was the uh, the central part for whatever fucking reason that was still boggles my mind. Yeah. But, um, you know, just seeing him not talk and just go out there and just beat people up when it's time. OK. I'll, I'll 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 allow it. You yeah. know, I don't need him to be ex- exciting. Uh, I just want to to see him beat people up, essentially. Yeah. So uh, it, it it worked for me, and you know, it turned into another full on nitro schmaz at the end with. Uh, so uh, let's see yeah. what happened. So it, I I, I have the breakdown here. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. So so Jericho got the pin clean Judas effect on Dustin. Yes. Uh. So then Hangman Page and Jake Hager brawled to the back. Right. Jericho and Guevara kept double teaming Dustin. Lights went out. Sabu shit was up. Okay. Not no. Sabu. No. It was Cody Rhodes. Uh, so Cody. Which, why did the lights come out again? Does he have teleportation powers now? I don't know. But look, if the lights can go out for uh, Orange Cassidy, they can go out for Cody Rhodes. Remember, Cody's an EVP. You can tell him to turn the lights out. Well, no, I mean, so you have the Dark Order. Yes. Lights go out. And yes. then you have Cody, or you know, like you save it for one person. All yeah, right, you, you didn't. Fair. If I'm quibbling here, you you did not need the lights to come off for Cody to make it into the ring. Sure, it was dramatic and the yes. crowd popped, but it was completely unnecessary. So Cody's there. He goes power right. Suit. He power suit on. He goes right for Guevara. Starts throwing yeah. hands. So they still have their issue. Then Santana right. Ortiz run out, and I start thinking in my head, "Holy shit! I really want to see Cody and Dustin against Santana and Ortiz. Like oh, that yeah. would be amazing." Yeah. And then Jericho goes after Cody. Oh yeah, Cody and Jericho have their match on November 9th. Then MJF runs down. And it looks like, holy shit, MJF's going to turn heel. Holy shit, MJF is going to yeah. hit Cody with a chair. But then he uses the chair on 
the members of the inner circle. So MJF gets his face pop, but then Jericho takes out MJF. So now I'm thinking, oh my God, I want to see a war games with these teams. Oh my God, I want to see Jericho against MJF. Then the Bucks run down and they go after Santana Ortiz. Oh my God, I want to see Bucks against Santana Ortiz. Oh my God, put them in this war games match. Right. Then Jericho, who's on the outside, he beats up Bryce Remsburg for some reason. And then the. Because he had to get outside the ring to yes. take this next spot. Yes, the spot her around the world, the guy who's getting a title shot next week, Darby Allen, comes down the ramp on his skateboard mm-hmm. and flies off the skateboard with a fucking Kenta esque Basaki flying knee. Yeah. And takes out Jericho in one of the greatest moments I've ever seen. I'm like, holy shit, I really want to see Jericho versus Darby Allen. I just, from this segment, have like five, six, seven matches I really want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that, you know, we were texting the other day about how easy they make it seem. And to play devil's advocate on that, you know, you have nothing but fresh matches, um, which is something that is, you know, drawing us in. You have all these potential things that we haven't seen before. You know, if they were going to do, you know, just looking at the people, not knowing alignments or anything like that, if they were going to do, you know, Jake Hager versus Chris Jericho, you're like, oh, fuck. okay, all right. But, you know, aligning them and and doing it this way, there's a lot of fresh matches that are to be had on a national level sure a lot of these teams have met on indies and stuff like that and other mm-hmm. promotions but um but it, it's a lot of uh, a lot of fresh and it's just i know i keep saying the word fresh but it's just something that just really beaten home where aew kind of has the advantage on wwe main roster right now where you know we've seen a lot of the same stuff over and over like oh it's becky and charlotte again or you know or becky and sasha and stuff like that where it's just okay we're, do- we're doing this again but oh cool darby allen and 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 fucking chris jericho hell yes. yeah and the bucks and uh santana ortiz hell yeah you know but i think here's the thing that that makes it work is you can tell there is a thought process of the end goal is x so let's figure out the steps to get there and work backwards it's not right. about well uh these guys are going to go against each other at the pay-per-view so let's run that match again and again and again, right. and again, and again, and again, and then skip on the next pay-per-view. So we're going to run it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And look, yes, AEW has the advantage. They're going to run four pay-per-views a year versus 12 and, and all these different things. But I actively walked away from that show wanting to see all these different combinations of matches. And then they announce what the card is for this Wednesday. And I'm not seeing any of those, but I right. am seeing matches that I want to see. We're going to get Darby and Jericho uh, in a street fight for the AEW title in Philadelphia. We're going to be getting the aforementioned Britt Baker, Riho women's title match. We're going to get the two matches from the tag team tournament. And then a match I didn't even think I wanted to see. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page against John Moxley and Pac. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. And those are our five matches for this Wednesday in Philly. That's not including what we're going to see on AEW Dark this week, which reminds me, uh, not to spoil the outcomes, but I will tell you the main event of AEW Dark this week is Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. And I've been told it is one of the craziest matches you will ever see. Legitimately. Apparently, they went 26 minutes and did everything. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's you know, to, to take it back to what you were saying of WWE versus AEW, WWE's mentality is, okay, then what? 
Meanwhile, AEW is okay. How do we get there? Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a different mindset of how you're booking, you know, looking, looking at, at how, you know, coming up with a finish first, uh, you know, makes yeah. a lot more sense than, you know, like we said earlier in the show, booking yourself into a corner. Uh, and it doesn't seem like something, uh, that AEW has been doing so far. I know we're two weeks in, I know. Yeah. All right. But yeah. you know, that's, that's two weeks of creative, uh, that you can kind of get an idea of the mindset of the people putting the show together. And yeah. it, it is, uh, fun and exciting. And there's a lot of people who, you know, we we've it's two episodes in and we've yet to see uh luchasaurus or pentagon on in a match yeah. you know there there's a, a lot of talent there that is yet to be really uh pushed and established while still keeping the main storyline going and obviously yeah. the main storyline is going to revolve around the inner, inner circle for a little bit and i'm completely fine with that because you know there's a lot of talented people in there and jericho is uh you know top of the game so yeah. it's uh it, it's fun i have to check out um uh, the dark, uh, what are they calling it? Dark, dark web. What is it? After AEW dark? dark, AEW dark, just AEW yes. dark. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I think they announced that Taz is going to be doing, um, he's going to be doing guest commentary on the, the dark matches, matches filmed in Philly. Right. So not, not okay. the episode that's going up Tuesday night, but right. Uh, the one will be subsequent yeah, Tuesday. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, all that being said, I think there's one thing that is really missing from AEW right now, which is a cuck angle. We've got no cucking going on. And I, for one, think that the way they need to do it is this week turns out Pentagon and Phoenix have been double teaming Marco stunt. And that really adds <laughs> the juice that we need for the tag team tournament. Just, oh, no. just, just a skeleton ninja boning down on that tiny little man. What do you think? Just, just spit roasting the Mississippi twink. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Hashtag Brazzers logo. Let's do this. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J two one n lowercase w capital g lowercase k capital p m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough podcast. house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. So you say you want to be a pro wrestler? Well, head on down to Dr. Boner Fingers Flapjack Jamboree Wrestling School. Hi, I'm Dr. Boner Fingers. I've never wrestled, but I have at least 14 to 15 VHS tapes of prior pro wrestling events. Slamboree, World War III, In Your House, 1997. I've owned them all. I've watched them multiple times. I once bought a pair of Owen Hart's tights off of eBay prior to his untimely demise. 
We have a ring set up. Is it a real ring? It's mostly just mats and some jump ropes I found at a local Salvation Army, but that shit looks pretty convincing. Come on down, $8,000 a month. Me and my certified staff, and by certified, I mean not a one of them has muscular dystrophy, will train you in the fine art of professional wrestling as we assume it's done since we watch a whole shit ton of wrestling. TNA, WWE, Ring of Honor, we watch it, we think we know what to do, and you're going to learn how to what to possibly do based on what the hell we think is up. Only $8,500 for enrollment or one huge-ass bag of cocaine. Again, Dr. Boner Fingers Flapjack Jamboree Wrestling School located out back of the shed, out back of the Arby's at the corner of Butthole and Smith.